0: Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by His Word. Sort of direct and guide uh, some of the, the uh, focus uh, tonight. We'll see how much time it takes before we, we go into other, uh, other questions that you may have. Uh, but tonight, uh, I, I want to read from Acts chapter 1. Uh, up until this last uh, Sunday... Uh, we, had, we had Pentecost Sunday on Sunday, and uh, we, there was a, a passage uh, from Acts chapter 1 that, that Jesus uh, commanded his disciples, and, uh, and so tonight uh, I'm going to read this passage, and I, I want, uh, I know we've been talking about uh, the Lord of the Harvest, uh, the fact, does, what is or who is the Harvest? Anybody it's not a trick question okay, I uh, heard different things uh, one stood out lost souls, so uh, the harvest is is people people that don't know Jesus Christ or they may know of him or they may have turned away from him but uh, the harvest is is our people and uh uh sometimes we think of harvest as a uh, hopefully not as a negative thing the harvest to to bring in a harvest is always good that means things are ripe things are ready to be harvested and uh in this case uh it is to come to the lord it is coming to the lord and regarding that uh he's went just before he left the planet the the last thing he'd spoke about was uh around the harvest, and it it was around being a witness. It says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. He says, there's a promise of the Father, and you've heard me speak of this, And, and he expands on, he says, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. So they they were uh, desiring for Jesus to take control politically and restore uh, Israel. Uh, They were under the authority of Rome, and uh, so they were saying, hey, when, when will Israel have control again, have its own kingdom? And the Lord was basically saying, hey, it's not for you to know the, the times and seasons, the political aspects of it, but the, more importantly, it is you shall re- that you will receive power, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth, and um, so I I just mentioned a little bit about that on Sunday, but I want to start off with uh, this aspect of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I know we talked about some things, but sometimes you may have questions regarding that, and uh, so are there any questions tonight about the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Good question. So the question is, how do you get baptized in the Holy Spirit? Um, A good way to look at it is uh, with water baptism, you have somebody that you are going to, usually it's a pastor uh, that is baptizing you, and... So you need to know who is baptizing you when you are being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So uh, who baptizes a person in the Holy Spirit? Okay, so Jesus, in this passage it says, uh, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. It was Jesus that was baptizing the Holy Spirit. I used to have uh, Andrew, if he could uh, read Acts chapter 2, verse 33. I don't know if you can uh, pull that up quick. But Jesus is the one that baptizes in the Holy Spirit. And, and John spoke about this. John the Baptist, as he was baptizing water, he's saying, hey, there's one coming uh, who's much greater than I am. I can't, I'm not even worthy to undo his, his sandals. Uh, he is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and power that's Luke three sixteen, so Jesus is the one that baptizes you Jesus will never force anybody to be baptized in the Holy Spirit that doesn't want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit just like I would never force you to be baptized in water if you don't want to be baptized in water so that is a it's a decision that you make to be baptized in the Holy Spirit you come to Jesus And you ask him to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Now, just if you could read that passage. This is Jesus. Uh, uh, He is no longer on the planet. And he's been lifted up. And he is uh, with God the Father. So, yeah.
1: Therefore, being on the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he shall shed forth this which you now see and hear. Um, I also... Uh, think it would be good to take a look at Acts chapter 10. And um, if you take a look at Acts chapter 10, it's a story of a guy by the name of Cornelius. And uh, Cornelius was a centurion. He was a, a Roman soldier. He was uh, in, in charge of a 100 men. And um, he was an Italian man, believe it or not. Uh, it, it says there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. And he was a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, and gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. And uh, if you read through the chapter, uh, as you go through the various verses, you'll find out that uh, Cornelius is asking God. um, Basically, um, he wants to serve God more. And uh, he had a vision. And the vision uh, said, go send to this guy over here, uh, named Peter and he's a couple towns over and uh, get him to come and talk to you and and he will explain what you need to know and then at the same time that Cornelius was getting the vision about the the uh, who to go talk to or who to, who to contact um, Peter was getting a vision and saying listen uh, this is not just for the Jews it's also for the non-Jews and um, Peter sort of balks at that. But uh, in, in verse, uh, I think it's 37 uh, or thereabouts. So Peter's, uh, Peter's preaching to, to this assembled group. He gets there. He, 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 you know, It's a day's trek. He walks over with some other people. He, he gets there. And uh, he starts th- telling them about Jesus. Because they didn't know about Jesus. They knew about God. They, this, this guy was serving the, the Jewish God. And, uh, geez, uh Peter was, was preaching about baptism and he was preaching about, uh, Jesus and verse 38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was his, with him. And we are witnesses of all these things, which he had did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. Uh, and then they, they killed him and hung him on a true, tree. And God raised him up on the third day, not to everybody, but to certain witnesses, uh, even us. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it was he which was ordained of of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. And he, verse 44 says, and while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard. And they which were of the circumcision, that's verse 45, these are the Jews, uh, which believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. Why? Why did they know this? Verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then Peter goes on and says, hey, well, they've got got the gift of the Holy Spirit. They're speaking, um, or they've been baptized into the Holy Spirit. They have this, and they need to get baptized in water. And uh, so they they were baptized, and then Peter stayed there for a few days, um, and and taught them some more. Uh, so, in answer to your question, uh, you need to ask the giver, and and be uh, persistent about it. Um, Cornelius was was not just, um, he, he wasn't just talking about it. He he was he was living the life that that he knew to do, uh, and and God recognized that in him. So. Um, it, it comes down to, to asking persistently.
0: So, uh, in Luke chapter eleven, uh, Luke writes about uh, the Lord's prayer, and, and uh, so right after the the uh, Lord's prayer, Jesus go, talks starts talking about persisting. And he's persist- He says. Uh, you know, if there's a person that is uh, knocking on the door at, you know, in the middle of the night, a neighbor saying, hey, I need bread. And, uh, you know, the, the neighbor is, uh, the one that's, whose door is being knocked on is saying, hey, get lost. Like, look at what time it is. I, he knows who he is. It's his neighbor. And it's like, I, I don't have time for this. But it says, because he persists, he, gives, he opens the door and says, hey, here, here's, here's the bread that you need for, for yourself and the guests that have come that you were, were unexpected, uh, so here's the bread. Then he, then he talks about uh, ask and you shall receive. He talks about asking and receiving.
1: For those of you that are looking for, it's in Luke chapter 11, uh, somewhere around, well, depending on what part you want to look at, uh, between one and... Uh, the so kicker maybe, is verse 13.
0: Andrew, why don't you read that uh, the, the last few verses there? I, I like
1: the word importunity. That's that's what it is there. That's what, the guy knocking on the door, his friend's door. And the the part that I always I think think is funny. The guy's knocking, so the neighbor's knocking on the door, and the guy inside is saying, like, Go away, you're gonna wake up the whole house. He's yelling through the door. Like, what do you think the house is doing? Like, they're awake already, right? They're awake already. And then he says, okay, fine. Just because, you you know, you knocked on the door so shamelessly. That's the word. That's the actual word is importunity, shamelessly. It's like, hey, hey, I need some bread. That's what it it was like, right? It It wasn't this little... Right? It wasn't a gentle, polite knock not to wake you. This was, this was knocking, pounding on the door, right? And it says, uh, verse 9, And I say to you, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds. And to him that knocks, it will be opened. If a son, ask, uh, a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he, uh, will he for a fish give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a, a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? There you have it. Luke 9, or Luke 11, 13.
0: So there's coming. It's the promise. It's interesting. All three of the Trinity... Are involved here. So there's the promise of the Father. It's from the Father. It's promised the Holy Spirit to those that ask. Jesus is the one that baptizes in the Holy Spirit. So He, Jesus, is the 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 one uh, that does the baptizing, and it's you're being baptized into the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is you're being immersed uh, in the Holy Spirit, and uh, uh, with that, there is an impact on your life, going beyond just being a believer and the Holy Spirit in your life. But there's an overflow, an outflow of the Holy Spirit in your life. Uh, Jesus speaks of this. Uh, I think it's in John 7. It talks about uh, rivers of living water flowing from us as we, uh, and he says, and this he was talking about the Spirit. That was to come that had not been poured out yet that was poured out on the day of Pentecost and we read of that in Acts chapter 2 maybe we can just go to Acts chapter 2 quickly and and so going back to the original question how are we baptized in the Holy Spirit I can't baptize you in the Holy Spirit I can I can pray for you that you would receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit but I don't baptize anyone in the Holy Spirit which means you don't need me To be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The the first, or the criteria that you need, which uh, is salvation. You can't have the baptism in the Holy Spirit before salvation. You can get baptized in the Holy Spirit before you're baptized in water, but you need to be a believer in Jesus Christ. You need, not just up here, we're talking about having received Christ within you. Okay, so that is a pre, prerequisite to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need to be saved first. Saved from what? Saved from your sins. And you do that by confession of sin, by believing on Jesus, who he is, what he did for you on the cross, and then inviting Jesus into your life. At that moment, you are born of God, the Holy Spirit enters, comes into you, you receive a portion of the Holy Spirit. It's like, this is you the bottle, and you ask Jesus to in, in come into your life, and you are filled, or you the, the Holy Spirit comes into, into you, all right? But the baptism in the Holy Spirit is now you are being placed in the Holy Spirit completely, and really there is an outflow of the Holy Spirit, or you are moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? Uh, it's it's a, a simple illustration. Uh, you might say, Um, like how long does it take? So let me give you an example. This happened on Friday or Saturday night. So the one part, we had different parts to the man up. So the one part was uh, worship and praise. I didn't know how many people were there that weren't saved. Okay? You cannot worship... God who is a spirit when you're not saved you you are it, it you can't do that all right so God is a spirit and those that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth well as an unbeliever you are dead in trespasses and sins so you can only worship the Lord when you are born again born of God and your spirit you become alive now Going back to Saturday night, first part, worship and praise. Then there was an aspect of uh, a testimony for the sake of, of seeing or letting people know about salvation, going from uh, a, a place apart from God to a place of being with God. So this, this thing of salvation. There, so there was a number. There was about 20 to 25 that got saved on Saturday night. The next part of it was about going all the way, all all the way. We're going to go all the way with Jesus. And the passage was around uh, Ezekiel 47, where Ezekiel is led into the waters by Jesus. And the water is representative there of the Holy Spirit, to, to go into the Holy Spirit. I didn't emphasize so much... Stopping along the way, Ezekiel could have not followed the man, and the man being Jesus that was leading him into the waters. He could have said, You know what? Sorry, Jesus, the waters are too cold. I don't want to go in. Just stick your toe in. That's it. I don't want to the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so there were, but he followed Jesus in, first to his ankles, then to his knees, then to his waist. Every thousand cubits it said, he was getting deeper and deeper following jesus to the point where then he couldn't he couldn't touch the the, the ground the the the, the ground of the riverbed anymore and he was all the way in and this is where jesus would have us to go all the way in after that there was an invitation given for the baptism in the holy spirit at this point there was about 30 or so or 40 that came forward to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I do know of at least two that received the baptism in the Holy Spirit that night when they went to the altar. And um, so I found out today, uh, or that night I found out that one of the guy's sons had gone forward and, and uh, there was a part that, that was read. Maybe you can read it again. Because this is a part that, that a lot of people struggle with. And if you could read Acts chapter 10, I think it's verse 46. Um, they got baptized in the Holy Spirit and the, the one man's son, this is what happened. Read that, that verse again. I think it's verse for, for 46.
1: For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. All right, read the verse before. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God.
0: So, this is the this is the part where there's an issue or a lot of people struggle with. And this thing is this thing of tongues. It says... They knew they were baptized in the Holy Spirit because they, sp- they spoke in other tongues. In another language, just like had happened when they got baptized in the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. So now it wasn't just for the Jews. They thought, well, you know, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is just for the Jews. And now here's a Gentile, a person that's not a Jew, receiving salvation and getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because they knew they were getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, because they began to speak with other tongues. Now, this is where there's issue. And so maybe, I don't know, what, is there anybody here you're you, you wondering or you're, why tongues or is there perhaps an issue with speaking another language? Is there any question about this thing of tongues or another language? Yeah, go ahead. sure hey you can copy just like uh you're saying something i just copy you i'm just copying you all right so what what i would do though and for me uh it was more a thing of i i wasn't if you're seeking to speak in other tongues you're you're seeking the wrong thing you are going to jesus and you're giving yourself, Lord Jesus, I give myself willingly to you. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And so you are baptized in the Holy, or the, the Lord will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And the sign that you've received the baptism is speaking in tongues. And this is where there is an issue. Well, no, can I have the baptism in the Holy Spirit without speaking in tongues? I think
1: I think it would be good if you used the expression baptized into the Holy Spirit as opposed to the baptism of the Holy Spirit just so that there's the clarity on the difference between when when that you talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and and, and or sorry uh, yeah 12 and 14 talks about Uh, Speaking in tongues, and and interpreting, and the church being edified or you being edified, because there's fourteen gives you the difference that there is a difference between the two. So I think we should be clear on: one is baptism into the Holy Spirit by Jesus, and the other one is a gift of the Holy Spirit where you are speaking forth. to, to build up the church because there will be a, a tongue and there will be an interpretation of that tongue. So, like, uh, uh, as, as opposed, so that there, there's a recognizable difference. Okay, they spoke so, in tongues and they glorified God. And on the day of Pentecost, one of the things that happened there, um, they were speaking in languages that people that were there recognized. So, so, so people recognized that they were speaking in a language, they hadn't learned and so that speaking in tongues um, they weren't being interpreted they were just speaking languages that other people understood and they were languages of men at that particular point in time and one of the things that that we we often miss about uh, the book of acts especially the early part of acts we forget that The people that would have been in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost were devout, God fearing Jews who knew about God and knew about and and wanted to know more about God because they were going on a holy day to, and they actually had traveled to Jerusalem. So these were people that were devout followers of God. These were not. Your your everyday average oh you know whatever I'm I'm just living my life and as long as I've got enough to eat these were people that, that took their faith seriously and they were looking for the Messiah they were looking for this and that's why I think many were 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 saved in the in in those early days because they were they were in the center of the Jewish religion for one but also the, the other thing that was interesting was that the people that were listening recognized hey these guys didn't learn the language they didn't learn this language maybe that they had an accent when they spoke I don't know uh, I know when I speak German my like everybody knows that, that this is not something that I I, I deal all the time like my German is not good but you recognize I can I'm speaking German but it's not great German uh, I, I suspect that that this might have been the case with these guys where you know they were speaking and, and glorifying God but it wasn't the best, because it, it says in Acts chapter two, yeah, we heard them speaking in in, in other languages, but in praising God. But we knew that they were Galileans, right? <laughs> we knew that they hadn't learned this, so some there was some sort of indication that these guys didn't know how to speak those languages, even though they were speaking these languages. So that's that's one that's just one thing that that I think we we need to be very clear about uh, in 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 this. Because I think a lot of the confusion comes from the the gift of the Holy Spirit where it's, uh, or the gift of tongues from the Holy Spirit where it's a a building up of the church and edifying of the church versus the speaking in tongues, which is an edifying of you. So Edifying being building up.
0: So in chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, this is the scripture that uh, people that, do not want the baptism or the the speaking in tongues part. It says, it says not everybody will speak or not everybody speaks in tongues. But you have to recognize the context. They're not talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. They are not talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Paul is writing about the gifts of the Spirit. And there's nine gifts mentioned. It is meant those gifts of the Spirit are for the building up of the body of Christ, of the members within the, within the body. So these gifts should be in operation in a setting like this, where there's a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. There's prophecy. There's faith. Uh, there's miracles. Healing. And so, so then it goes at the very end. It says the, uh, the gift of tongues and interpretation the gift of tongues there is there's a message in tongues that's supposed to be interpreted for the edifying or building up of those that hear it. Possibly
1: by another person.
0: By another person. Sometimes the same person has the, uh, the gift of interpretation or it's somebody else, but it's meant for the whole church. And so there's a verse that goes at the very end. Maybe you can read it. It says, does everybody speak in tongues? And Paul is inferring that not everybody has the gift Of speaking in tongues meant for a setting like this. What happened at Pentecost and what happens with the baptism into the Holy Spirit is that every single person that is baptized into the Holy Spirit by the Lord Jesus receives this tongue that they have for themselves to build up themselves. All right, it's for the individual. It's not meant for everybody else. So not everybody has the gift of tongues that is meant for a group setting. But when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you will have the gift of tongues, or not the gift of tongues, but the the tongues that comes with it in the baptism. I, I, I know sometimes, just think of it, one is meant for yourself, which is the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that tongue that you receive, is meant for yourself, a building up of yourself. Whereas the other one, the gift of tongues, it's meant for speaking forth so that everybody is built up. It's meant for within an assembly to build up the assembly as there's an interpretation. It needs to be interpreted, otherwise, you won't understand it. And that's why Paul says in chapter 14, it needs to be interpreted. And just one at a time. So one person speaks in the, in the service, and it's meant to be interpreted. So they'll speak, there's a waiting, and it's got to be interpreted either by that person, if they have the gift of interpretation, or by somebody else. And so then there's that interpretation that takes place, and there's an edifying of the whole church, or those that are hearing, a building up of, of the whole church. So, and this is also different than the uh, the fruit of the Spirit, three different things. If you recognize there are three separate things, it makes a lot more sense than the, the, the tongues that comes when you are baptized into the Holy Spirit is for you personally. That's why Paul says, I speak in tongues more than you all. And so he's trying to let people know, yeah, not, if, if there's going to be tongues in the church setting like this, a message in tongues, it needs to be interpreted, and maximum so three. So let me let me read. Yeah,
1: there. Andrew's going to read it. I'm going to read this, chapter twelve. It's chapter twelve, uh, it's chapter 12. Um, and and then it says. Uh, so we t- it, at the beginning of chapter twelve it talks about gifts. So it's a, Paul says concerning gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. Okay, so he wants you to know about this. So this this is part of that chapter twelve. Then he gives you a, an illustration. He talks about uh, the church being like a body made up of different parts. Different parts have different different functions. Talks about uh, parts that are uh, comely or beautiful and parts that are not so beautiful, and some parts that are not so beautiful, they cover up, and parts that are beautiful, you you let people see. Uh, But God has put it all together that there is a work that is accomplished by the body. And then he goes on to say this, Um, now you are the body of christ and members in the body and god has set some in the church so in the body there's some apostles some prophets some teachers after that miracles then gifts of healing helps governments diversities of tongues okay so diversities of tongues Uh, are all apostles are all prophets are all teachers are all workers of miracles have all the gifts of healing do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? So these are all speaking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit at that point in time. And then Paul says, "covet earnestly the best gifts," and yet I'll show you a more excellent way. And then he goes on to chapter 13, where it talks about uh, love, and uh, so you got a whole whole chapter there on love and and, and you know prophesying and speaking in tongues and 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 uh, you know, understanding all mysteries and a whole bunch of things and says, well, if you don't have love, you're it's it's like a, a symbol that's that's crashing at the wrong time, right? It's it's and and so you have all of that going. And then uh, and then we have uh, verse or chapter 14. Um, after verse 13 or after chapter 13 we get to verse or chapter 14. And chapter 14 uh a lot of people use this when they say, "Okay, don't." There should be no speaking in tongues in the church, and the reason for that, it says, um, uh, "Let's see now." Uh, As Andrew- I think it's verse verse fifteen. No, 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 no. Uh, Right. Right. It, it, it says, uh, what is it then? I'll pray in the spirit, I'll pray, pray also in the understanding also. I will sing in the spirit, I will sing in the understanding also. Uh, so that I, when I bless it with the spirit, how will they that occupy the room of, of people I don't know be able to say amen at your giving thanks because he doesn't understand what you're saying. But verse 17 is the kicker. For even though you really give thanks well, but the other is not edified. Okay, so without the interpretation, the people around you are not edified. However, without the interpretation, so in other words, when you are speaking in tongues, at that point in time, it says you are giving thanks well and you are being built up yourself. Okay, so I think this is, and I know Dave has mentioned this many times before, I think this is one of the reasons why the, the devil doesn't want people um, speaking in tongues or, or operating in, in these gifts, and also in the, in the baptism with the evidence of speaking in tongues. He uh, doesn't want that to happen because then you are edified, that is built up, then you are strengthened, and, and you are encouraged. And uh, so if you, if you don't, then... then um, Dave's mentioned this many times as well. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22, it talks about something about the earnest of the Spirit. And Monica, you would probably recognize this one. If, if in financial deals, somebody gets a down payment on something, the purpose of the down payment is to say, look, I'm serious about this, and, and you're going to get the rest, right? Now, if you are the person that's, that's you know, in, in this transaction uh, where you're going to be receiving the rest of the down payment or the rest of the money, how many of you would say, no, no, it's okay. I just want the down payment. Down payment's good enough. You, you, you know, you don't, I don't really need the, whole, the rest of it. Like, the rest of us would be shaking our heads and saying, no, no. Like, no, give me the, give me the money. Like, the down payment is good, but give me, the, give me all of the goods that are coming to me. Right? How many of you would say, yeah, I need, I need more. Right? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's way easier to, to work with more money than less. Right? It's way easier to work with more horsepower than less. I've driven cars that, it, that are gutless. And it's like, oh. You know, I pray for a tailwind and a downhill, right? So I, my car will get there, right? And, and, and yet, you know, sometimes you, you press on the accelerator and it's like, oh yeah, this is good. It's good enough, good to have the power, right? And, and so the same thing with, with this. We are edified, we are built up uh, as we speak in tongues. We personally are built up. But the church is built up when we speak with tongues and there's an interpretation. OK, so so
0: the, the part that says this is at right at the beginning of chapter 14. So pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Verse two, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but God, for no one understands understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mis- mysteries. So God understands you when you speak in tongues. All right. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men, to others. So prophecy, you're speaking what God has spoken to you to others for their building up and their exhortation and their comfort because you're speaking in the same language. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So there's a, a, a play between that which comes when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and also the tongue that needs to be interpreted that's meant for everybody else. Now, just, just, you might say, well, why tongues? Like, why should I speak in tongues? I think it's verse 15 or 18 that Paul says, I speak in tongues more than you all. Verse 18. So I speak in tongues more than you all. But yet in church, I'm not going to be speaking in tongues to that extent because it needs to be interpreted. So the question here then is, and this is what comes with the baptism in the Holy Spirit, into the Holy Spirit, is this thing of tongues that is meant for yourself. And so you receive this tongue. It may, it's bypassing your understanding. It's you're speaking, it's a mystery to you, but you're The Holy Spirit is unctioning your spirit to pray what is the will of God to God is the most powerful form of prayer that you can pray. It's like praying according to the word of God. So when I take the word of God and the promises of God and I pray according to those promises is powerful. That's the same thing that's happening when you're praying in tongues. I'll tell you when I when I read chapter or 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4 there was a clicking in my mind this was years ago about 20 plus years ago and it was like oh my goodness what a mistake that I made I could speak in tongues and I never spoke in tongues and so the problem was I wasn't being built up when you read the word of God you're being built up by the word as you grab a hold of it and you receive the word and you do the word And the same thing with your spirit, as your spirit is allowed to pray in the spirit, according to the will of God, it is powerful. We need to do that. So let me just give you quickly a few things of when you pray in tongues on your own, okay? You're on your own. You're in the car. You're driving to work. You're working away. I'm cutting the lawn today. I was moving some things and whatever, and while I was doing that, I didn't really have to think about what I was doing. I was praying in tongues. So here's a few things. And this is why Satan does not want you praying in tongues. Yeah, you want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, into the Holy Spirit, and you grieve the Holy Spirit by shutting them down. Satan is fine with that. Even people that are speaking in tongues, are, or they're, when they're not speaking in tongues, they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they're not praying in tongues regularly. The enemy is not too concerned about them. But when they start praying in tongues, now he starts to get worried. Because now you are praying according to the will of God. You may not know all the details of the will of God, but your spirit unctioned by the Holy Spirit is praying the will of God. Now that is powerfully saying, I don't want it. And in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, Verses 10 to 18, it talks about the armor of God. He says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and, and of wickedness. It says that we should, he says, above all, or when, after we've done the battle, that we're still standing. And he says, then, put on the whole armor of God. And the one thing he mentions is the sword of the Spirit. He mentions the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God... Colon, praying always, making all supplication in the Spirit. So that's talking about praying in tongues. When you start to pray in tongues, one thing that you will be doing is you are taking the sword of the Spirit and praying in this, uh, while you pray in tongues. And this comes with the baptism into the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to be praying in the Spirit. I just say, thank you, Lord, when I don't know how to pray anymore or I don't know how to pray for a situation, I start praying in tongues. And so for, for some of you that, so sister, at the beginning, you said, no, I shut it down. Basically, I, I don't want to, I, yes, don't, you don't want to be just copying whatever, but you come to, the Holy, to, to Jesus, let him baptize you in the Holy Spirit, begin to pray in other tongues. For me, it was like learning how to, to speak, a new language, and it got more and more for me. It got more and more fluent as I went along, and it's it's just very quick to uh, to start or finish at any point. There's an opportunity for uh, not just spiritual warfare, but to build your faith. Jude talks about. I think it's Jude 20 talks about always uh, praying in the spirit, that you're building up in the most holy faith, praying in the spirit. So that's one of the things is your building of your faith. There is a rest and refreshing. Paul quotes it in chapter 14. He talks about when we're praying in the spirit, in tongues, there's a rest and a refreshing. And he's referring to Isaiah 28, verse 11 and 12, where it says that there's going to be a rejection. With stammering lips and tongue, there will be a rest and a refreshing, but they will reject it. That was prophesied 800 years before Jesus came that there's going to be a rejection of this. And so there's a rest and a refreshing when you pray or speak in tongues. Another thing that happens is you pray mysteries to God, your spirit praying to God, things that you couldn't possibly know. And there's that prayer that goes up. The enemy cannot touch it. And it's so very powerful. Going back and just for the sake of time here at this point in time. When we get uh, the, the persistence, if you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you go to Jesus and you persist. You knock, I want, Jesus, I want the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I want to be baptized into the Holy Spirit. Not just the Holy Spirit within me, I want to be in, within the Holy Spirit, baptized into the Holy Spirit. You go to him and you persist. You persist 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 if you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit don't grieve the Holy Spirit by saying well I've I've been baptized that was me that's how it is I grieve the Holy Spirit because I was doing everything in my own strength and power and the, the Holy Spirit was saying hey I want to help you along the way and one of the things was even to pray daily and I love the encouragement of Paul saying I pray in tongues more than you all He was saying, for goodness sake, when you are on your own, pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit regularly. It is so good. Question. Yes. Okay. So good, good question. So how do I know it's a genuine article and I'm not speaking gibberish? This is a passage that we read at the beginning, Luke chapter 11. If you are asking for the the baptism for the Holy Spirit, as a, as a father, an uh, earthly father, if I ask, if I, my son, or daughter, or my daughter in, in my case, would ask, hey, Dad, can I have some bread? I'm not going to give a stone. I'm not going to give something else. So when you go as a believer to, to God the Father, you go to Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you something else. Are you going to understand what you're saying with your mind? I, I don't, I would say 90, 95% of what I pray in the Spirit, I don't understand, but I know that I, I, I've gotten past the point of just, well, I'm not going to do because I don't understand. Because oftentimes I will recognize I'm doing warfare now. Other times I'll recognize there's a rest and a refreshing that's coming. Other times I'll rec- recognize that I am, praising and glorifying the Lord. Other times, I, I will know that my faith is being built up. This, these are different things. So so Luke chapter 11, we, we talked about how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit as you ask him? Because he is perfect in all ways. He's not going to give you something that is not of God. So it'd be like I, I go to Jesus, say, Jesus baptized me into the Holy Spirit, and uh, you're getting something different? No. You will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, one other thing regarding the this thing of, they heard them speaking in tongues, just like when they got saved. Uh, uh, Peter, when they heard Cornelius, his family, and all of them, the whole group of them got baptized in the Holy Spirit. It wasn't like Hey, he's speaking in, in another language. Well, what's going on here? How come I'm not? They all got it, just like at Pentecost. They all received this, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So the baptism into the Holy Spirit is not just for some. It is for everybody. Do not believe the lie of the enemy that says, well, no, it's, it's just for some. You have entire denominations that don't believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Which is really so sad because there's just a, oftentimes there's a form of godly, godliness without, but denying the power thereof. Not saying they're not saved. They are saved. But it's the, the, the effect or the impact that we can have as uh, spirit-filled believers. And I know I, tonight, we're, I'm, I'm sort of really, you say, Pastor, why are you pushing this so much? Because I know where you guys are at with your family members that aren't saved, your friends that aren't saved, your neighbors that aren't saved, your coworkers, your classmates, all the people around us. Why do we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? And I'll, I'll finish with a verse that we started. Andrew, can you read Acts chapter 1, verse 8? Verse oh, another question? Right. Okay. So the question is, uh, is there any time in a corporate setting at church that you can speak in tongues? And I would say during worship. So when we're all worshiping, uh, if you if you want to uh, worship in the spirit, go for it. All right. So you can do that when there's times of prayer. In fact, when we're praying and we're doing spiritual warfare, absolutely. There are times where in a corporate setting that that we pray in the spirit, or you'll see, hear one person praying in the spirit. So someone's praying with understanding, another person is praying in the spirit because they're doing. We're doing spiritual warfare, so it is cor- it is correct and okay to pray in tongues at that time. During a service where, like say, a Sunday morning, there's worship going on, and, and there you might hear somebody worshiping in the spirit, uh, but there's times where there may be a lull, and So I know it it doesn't happen as often as I want it happening here, where somebody will begin to pray or pray out, pray forth. They speak forth in tongues, and you'll know right away, okay, this is not just somebody praying for personal edification or whatever. They're quieter. There will be a distinct raising of the voice because it's meant for everybody. So you will start to hear somebody there's, there'll be a lull. It does, it, there's not a thing of confusion. It's not disrupting the service or whatever. It's not I- interrupting the word. Because the person that is, is, has received the, the message in tongues is not going to be, it's not, God is not a God of disorder. So there may be a lull. And usually it's during the worship service when it comes to an end or whatever, there will be a lull. And then all of a sudden, boom, somebody speaks forth because the Lord has already put it on their heart. There needs to be a mes- message for edification. For exhortation, for comfort to the whole family, or to the whole body, and for building up for, of the whole. So then that that message in tongues comes, and there there will be an interpretation, either by that person or by somebody else that has the gift of interpretation. So now Paul does say, hey, if there's nobody to interpret, then don't give the message in tongues. All right. So we need to have somebody, uh, or that there would be somebody that can interpret within the the setting all right okay question uh, sorry
1: i i'm
0: Oh, when somebody comes to pray for somebody, and they lay hands on them, and they begin, they begin to speak in other tongues. All right, so actually in Acts chapter nineteen, yeah. that actually happened. So Paul comes and he, he's in Ephesus. He comes and there were there were followers, that's disciples. A great, that's a great story. <laughs> disciples of John the Baptist. So this is like a number of years later. All right, so he's coming to Ephesus, and uh, there's the first chapter, chapter nineteen go ahead, verse read, two, read it.
1: and he. And finding certain disciples, he said to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Classic line coming up next. And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I love that. These guys are saying, What? What? What are you talking about? Like, we never heard of this. Right? And uh, then, then Paul asked them, Well, what were you baptized? Well, they said, John's baptism." Said, well, John baptized with repentance. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Paul, when he laid hands on them, the Holy Ghost came upon them, and they big, uh, spake with tongues and prophesied. So they, these guys also got gifts from the Holy Spirit uh, at that particular point, just so you know. And there was about 12 of them at that church.
0: Okay, just, just to uh, also expand on, on this. Yes, you can pray. Once again, I can pray for somebody to be baptized into the Holy Spirit. I'm not the one that does it. I can pray for them that the Lord would do that, uh, as is the case with Paul here, he prayed, he laid hands on them, and they began to speak in other tongues and to prophesy.
1: But they were already believers. They were were, believers. They were were believing what John said, that this is going to happen soon. I'm preparing the way for the one who's coming. And they were believing that this was coming. So they were believing on Jesus. They just hadn't heard the the full details yet. So they didn't even know about the Holy Spirit. They, They didn't even know about Jesus either. So...
0: Let me just say, if you don't want to get baptized into the Holy Spirit, you won't. All right? If you are afraid and fearful, you won't. Like, I wouldn't grab somebody that's afraid and baptize them in water. I'm not going to do that. All right? Uh, I won't force them into water. Jesus will not force you. If you don't want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit... You don't want to be speaking in tongues as in, so you, you're not going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's not going to happen. If you doubt, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, you won't get it. You won't get it, so you don't have to, you don't have to worry, oh, no, I'm going to get something, and I, I don't want it. You're not going to get it, okay? There's a passage at the end of chapter 14. It says, let those that are ignorant remain ignorant. Like, don't worry about it. Paul says, okay, you don't want it? That's all right. You, you're not, you don't have a full understanding of it. And you don't want a full understanding of it. You just, I don't want it. You're not going to get it. So don't, don't be afraid. If you're, <laughs> you're, It's not going to be forced on you. But if you want it, be of importunity. Persist. Persist. And so as a child, from the time I was 9 till the time I was 14, every opportunity that i had
1: it's it's like the child going mom mom can we mom can we mom can we can we do this can we and and mom finally just says okay just stop already just we're we're gonna do that because you're bugging me so much that's that's the 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 picture that is is given about being importunate
0: and the cool thing is when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I know I mentioned this a number of times, we were sitting. We weren't even at the altar. We were in the choir loft. We were sitting and waiting. We were waiting. We were expecting the baptism. We didn't know all the details of it. We didn't know how it was going to happen. We were just sitting, waiting. There, there was no worship band, no, no worship team playing songs. There was no... No speaker, nobody laying hands on anybody. There was nobody. We were just waiting and expecting the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then, like Pentecost, I've never seen it since, where everybody that was there, that was open to it, received. They received the bulk of the 75 to 100 young people, ages 14 to 18, received the baptism if they had not received it before. It was just like, thank you, Lord, for that. And what a change in my life by far. So what our brother is saying, the key is this, waiting and expecting. I'm expecting for it to happen. You don't want it to happen, it's not going to happen. Yeah, sister. Uh, in the back, sorry, Jeanette, you had your hand up? Yeah, so just to summarize, it's a gift from the Father. The promise, it's a promise, it's a gift, and Jesus is the one that gives it, and it's like you want it. Who would not want the gift from from the uh, Father, the promise of the Spirit? And uh, so, yeah, what a beautiful thing. Uh, for those of you that re- would receive a gift, it's like, I don't want it. No, it's like at least I'd look at it. At least I wonder what's in it. So yeah, question. I uh, Isaiah twenty-eight eleven and twelve. This is this was uh, eight hundred years before. This so Isaiah didn't even really know know about it. Like the. And here it is being
1: prophesied. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may uh, cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear.
0: Okay, what's the verse before it, or is there a verse before?
1: Yes, verse before. Uh, For with stammering lips and another tongue will you speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may uh, cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear.
0: They would not hear. So it's a rest and a refreshing for the individual. They would not hear and with stammering lips. Uh, we're talking, and Paul, I think, quotes, or he does quote that in uh, Luke, or sorry, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, uh, about halfway through the chapter. He's quoting from this, this passage uh, regarding um, uh, rejecting. But uh, any other, other questions? I know we went a little bit longer on this. Uh, the main thing is persist. Uh, you may not fully understand everything, it's just, well, hey, I know it, Jesus is not going to do anything harmful to me. I'm going to come to him. I'm going to be receiving a promise of of the Holy Spirit from the Father. It's for me, and it's for my benefit. It is for my benefit, and also the benefit of others. Because with it, the last thing I didn't mention, we started off with it. It says, you will be witnesses unto me when the Holy Spirit, when, we, when you've been endued with power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will be witnesses unto me wherever you go. That's what happened with me. That's what happened with me when I got baptized in the Holy Holy Spirit. Before that, Andrew knows, my brother, I was so shy. I could not talk to anybody. And now it's like I, the, the main thing I want to talk about uh, to others, I can talk about different things, but the thing that, that excites me the most give me a chance to talk to them about Jesus. Give me a chance to talk to them about Jesus. That came with the baptism when I got baptized into the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Okay, we're going to close off unless you had something else you want to say. All right. Uh, good, to ha- good questions tonight, and I uh, appreciate you guys. And I look forward to, uh, yeah, you receiving the baptism into the Holy Spirit by Jesus Christ, the promise of the Father. So, Lord, we just thank you for tonight. Lord, we thank you for those that received uh, the baptism in the Holy Spirit on Saturday night. Lord, uh, today, there was another uh, man that came in and said, Oh, this this friend received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, so I just thank you for the blessing, the refreshing, all the things that it is that you are to us, Holy Spirit. And the, the overflow to impact others. I just thank you so much, Lord, that we would be witnesses unto you wherever we go, right to the end of the age, right to the end of the earth. Lord, right until the time that, that you would either call us home or the trumpet sounds and we are raised up. Lord, to be with you, Lord, until that time that we would operate and function in the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.